Welcome to Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Matt Bertram. I'm the Assistant Director of Marketing for Carolina Housing, and along with me is... Riley Knott, the Social Media and Digital Marketing Manager with Carolina Housing. Today, we're talking to Stephen Wiley. He is the newly appointed Director of Administrative Services for Carolina Housing. Guess what? Today's his first day in the new role. Mm-hmm. He's been with Carolina Housing for a long time, though, well over a decade. So much experience, so much knowledge. We're really excited to talk to him because since I started in my role with Carolina Housing, Stephen is the go-to resource when you have a question and you don't know who to go to, go to Stephen. He's got the answer. He's been here for so long. We can't wait to have the opportunity to dive into so much with him, really squeeze that sponge and get a lot of information out of him that is going to be of such great use to first years, to really the campus community in general, our student residents at large. But Riley, let's talk about some of the things we're going to dive into with Stephen coming up. Yeah, he has some great advice for how to select where you want to live on campus. Excellent move-in tips if you're moving in this summer for the first time. I definitely recommend listening to his tips and tricks for that. And he kind of gives us a look behind the curtain of how Carolina housing functions and how assignment works in this big puzzle juggling act of getting students in beds on campus on where they want to be. But before we dive into all this, I want to say that I am so thrilled with our listenership, the growth of this show. Thank you for supporting us, for one. It's, it's been amazing. I want to remind you that if you're listening to this right now, if you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you're listening. If it's on iTunes, if it's on Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever we are, wherever you're listening, please subscribe. That's so helpful for us. It supports our show. It helps us continue doing this. And we also want to remind you that this show is not a one-way conversation. You can get involved. You can send in questions. You can reach out to us and be a part of the show. Riley, how can our listeners interact with us? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Housing and on Twitter at Housing Carolina. Yeah, so we can't wait to get into all this with Steven. This is so cool. He's going to be coming in momentarily. We're going to dive into all of this stuff for first year, stuff for moving. Everything is covered here. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side. presents many things and more than just earning a degree. It's about the journey. It's about the moments of triumph and failure that shape us into the people we hope to become. You are built to do hard things, built to answer the challenges of your age. It's about lifelong friendships and the mentorship from professors that guide us along the way. College is a time of incredible growth and self-discovery. It's a time when we navigate the challenges of the classroom and the complexities of campus, forming connections with peers from all walks of life, with different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. An education being something that no one can take away, and an education becomes part of you, a foundation for your life going forward. College is about finding a sense of community and belonging. It's about discovering newfound passions, late night study sessions, and meeting a new best friend. From taking a sip of the old well to storming Franklin Street in celebration, this is what it means to be a Tar Hill. And living on campus is at the center of it all. Welcome to Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast. All right, Stephen, welcome to the show. What do you think of our, uh, our digs in here? I'm impressed thinking that this was a student room at one time just to kind of see 
you know, when you think about Carolina housing, we've got historical buildings this year, Old West, I think it is going to hit 200 years old. Um, and yes, it's gone through renovation and all that's beautiful building. But to think about just how we're modernizing spaces and using them and like this is a, a space that's in a residence hall that's for Carolina housing to support students and that we've kind of jump that far ahead that it's not just about housing it's about everything else provided with it so i think it's a great representation of where the department is yeah it's it's pretty cool well i, I want to thank you so much for your time today is an exciting day it's first day in your new role you're the newly appointed director of administrative services you are leading carolina housing in our department now uh, first of all congratulations thank you second of all thank you for your time thanks for coming on the show we're excited to dive into a lot of different topics with you really hear about you know the vision for where we're going a lot of the ideas that you have and and it's it's an exciting time for carolina housing so we want to start though by just really getting to know you and hearing about your history and your time here with carolina housing can you talk about how you got started in your previous role so uh july 1 will make 10 years for me here at carolina which is kind of crazy to think because you know when i started here it was the goal was to be here for a couple years and then move back to florida uh that's where i'm from it was where my wife is from she's a nurse here at the hospital so we're we're deeply connected at this point but we fell in love with the area we fell in love with the community here at carolina um, you know, she's doing well in, in her role, but I just, I love this department. I love the students that you get to work with here, the challenges that are presented. I mean, we have brilliant students that you're just like, wow, I, I didn't do anything in school as compared to what some of our students were able to accomplish. But just being around that, it's a great energy. It challenges you to do your job better and better each day. So that was really exciting about that. You know, it's, but now my family is rooted here. You know, interestingly enough, my oldest, uh, he was born Mother's Day weekend, which is also graduation. So I remember watching part of graduation from the hospital room just after he was born on the Jumbotron there at Keenan. So that was kind of cool. But I just, I love this department. I love the people that I get to work with. I love the opportunities that are presented. You know, I really enjoy working with our our executive director, Alan Blattner, I think he has an amazing vision for where we want to go as a department. Some of that's been derailed a little bit by COVID. And I won't say derailed, I'll just say we had to put the brakes on it for a little bit. It was a challenging time to get through. And you know, now that we're past that, we really get to kind of push forward. And I'm excited about that. Well, and you've been here a decade, like you say. So I'm curious, what has been a big change you've seen in all this time? Because I've been here like a year, year and a half, and I feel like so much has changed. Do you have any insight on like any big changes that have happened to campus and Carolina housing in that time? You know, we haven't built new buildings in in quite a while. It's been about 15 years. The big thing for us is just the, the commitment of our spaces to the students. You know, when you think about 10 years ago, the idea of having a, a gaming arena and having a maker space and all of these these awesome spaces inside of a residence hall just kind of wasn't heard of you know you had some schools that have may have maybe had a computer lounge and something like that well the computer lounge versus the we have in the gaming arena here in craig is there's just no comparison and you think about the art studio in morrison just the branding that we've done in the buildings i think that's the biggest thing for me is just focusing on the space that we have and how do we modernize that and make it something that students want to spend time in because you know there's their room is only so big and they only should spend so many hours there but they really need to get out and have an opportunity to connect with students you know i think about the gourmet kitchen and somewhere like mangum and in carmichael you know sitting in and here in a podcasting studio inside of a residence hall is kind of crazy, but I think that's the biggest shift. You know, we would love to modernize buildings and do all of that, and I th- and we've got some of that on the horizon, but it's it's challenging on a campus like this where the historical feel is so important to the community here at Carolina. You're limited as to what you can do. Um, 
so I would say the focus on kind of the space and how we how we make that make that accessible for students, but also just something that they want to be a part of and enjoy. So you already kind of alluded to it with that answer, talking about the community that we're cultivating here with all these amazing on-campus experiences and resources that, you know, Riley and I are certainly doing our best to try to highlight on each episode of this show. But I want to hear about, you know, just your thoughts on why living on campus, what makes living on campus here so special? I think there's a few things that go into that. One is, you know, this time in your life, this is the shortest window you really have to have a unique experience. There's nothing like living on campus in a collegiate setting in a residence hall that you'll ever experience ever again. Um, most of the time, if you go into grad school and professional school and things like that, the housing is more of your apartment off of campus. It might be graduate style housing. But the opportunity as an undergraduate student to live in a residence hall focused on you as an individual and your belonging within the community on a campus is it's a very small window of time for many students it's one to two years i am a believer that not everyone needs to go to college which is crazy for people to hear that because i i work at an institution i have now for close to 15 years but what i want students to appreciate and this is where the housing piece ties in is there is so much more than just the classroom it's the connections that you make and the people and the friends that you make the opportunity that you have right now to to make those lifelong friendships and to build your community and your network. And then, you know, when you're in the seat that I'm in now, and I was a first year student 17 years ago now, or 18 years ago, to see what the folks that lived on my floor doing. You know, I remember somebody on my floor, when the Atlanta Falcons went to the Super Bowl, he worked for that organization actually in marketing. And seeing like the opportunities that he got as a result of that and and, like seeing what he was doing and they all got to go to the Super Bowl and, and seeing the different things that, the guys that I lived on a floor with, what they're doing now, and that connection and the friendships that you see, and you know, those are the folks that are in your weddings, and those are your business partners thereafter. So that opportunity to just connect and to build community outside of the building itself and everything that you do. You know, for a lot of folks, when they come here, they've got their core group of high school friends, but for a lot of them, that group is replaced with who they meet in college. Now, some folks will obviously go back, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that that opportunity to build community and build connection with those that are around you, you know, oftentimes, like, it might be the random roommate you met your first year, but they end up being your best friend, or, like, the sweet mates in you deciding to live off campus years three and four, and they're always your core group. That's your your folks. Um, So that's pretty cool. I think the support that comes here as well, it really separates... You know, when you think about when you're going through those challenging times, having someone like an RA and a community director that's there to provide you with connection to the campus or resources, you know, because we all hit that wall at five week five or six. It's like, oh, I'm getting a little homesick or, you know, exams are coming up. This is nothing like I was a straight A student in high school and now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling right now. So having that support there as well. And then just all the unique opportunities and experiences, whether it's the programmatic piece, these programs that are going on, you know, the connections to different campus partners, and then just kind of unique spaces like this that you don't get elsewhere. Well, and I'm so glad you talk about how students get these connections and networking through Carolina Housing, because you kind of got that in your professional role working under Rick Bradley, who's the predecessor for now your current position. Can you talk a bit about your time working under him and what you learned from him and what you're taking in as you take on this new role? Awesome. 
Uh, yeah, so Rick was my direct supervisor. He's the one who hired me here at Carolina. It was truly a blessing to work underneath Rick for the time that I did. I really appreciate his leadership style. He really gave us room to to grow and develop You know, the autonomy that I had to run our assignments process as I saw it was amazing. I mean, I made changes fairly quickly in and throughout my time at Carolina that I thought provided a more efficient process to our students and really try to get them in the space that they preferred. Our housing software, which is StarRes, which is the leader in the, in the field, when I started here, we were only about six months into having that software. So I really got to grow our department in using that pro software package um, to do a lot of different things. And I think through that, I was able to grow professionally and kind of thinking about the impact of you know, how this can impact others in our department, but also campus partners. So that was awesome. And Rick really gave us, he gave us the the room to do that. He, you know, he wasn't one that was going to say, hey, you got to do it this way. It's like, okay, let's think what that might look through, look like, and then let's run with it. And then there was always the support there to do it. Um, you know, Rick is someone I consider a friend. I'm actually going to, we're going to catch up tomorrow. But the way he led a group, he was always very even keeled. He was always respectful. He was always supportive of us of staff. Um, he made sure like if he needed something, he was there. So I took a lot of that away from him. You know, I think as a professional, like he helped me grow and develop, especially in like supervision. That was not something I had done before Carolina. But since that time, I now have supervised full staff. That was an area that I needed to grow in professionally. He really helped with that. But then being here for 10 years, we got to work through some challenging times. Like we had a building fire within the first six months that I was here. So working through that, you know, COVID was a very challenging time in our space. And seeing how Rick supported staff through that was very, very important to me. You know, just kind of how he led himself in meetings and the vision for the department. I mean, he really loves Carolina. There's there's no doubt about that and some of the conversations that we've had about that as well. So sad to see him go, but thankful for the opportunity that it presented itself. Um, it's part of the reason I stayed here at Carolina, knowing that that was going to open up and I wanted to at least be considered in that space. So I'm happy to be here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's outstanding. I, I didn't have the opportunity or pleasure to work with Rick, but I, I've heard amazing things from everyone that I've worked with here and really cool to, to hear about that history uh, that you've had with Rick. So I want to pivot now. I want to talk about you and assignments manager Jordan Katie uh, have kind of really been at the front line of um, interacting with parents and families and students every day at our Carolina housing office and also on the phone and email. I want to ask you about what are some things that you wish maybe more students, parents, just the Carolina housing community at large, what are some things you wish more folks knew about maybe the process of living on campus or about what we do? What are some maybe top of mind things, questions maybe you get frequently that you wish you could just get on a megaphone and, and let more folks uh, know about? Well, I, f I first need to give credit to Jordan because she is the one that is that face. She takes most of those phone calls and the email and the walk-in, and she does an amazing job with that. So if you've ever contacted Carolina Housing, that's probably who you've spoken to in the last couple of years. Um, she does a great job with that, so shout out to her. To answer your question about what I want, what I would hope folks would know is, one, take advantage of the opportunity. It's more than just where you're going to live. Uh, it's, you know, we talked about that sense of connection and community, like take advantage of that opportunity and, and build that, you know, get to know as many people as you can, get as connected as you can on campus and let housing help serve as an avenue to do that. So, you know, when we talk about like why you should live on campus and the benefits and things like that, um, I mean, the convenience is, is second to none. I think that's 
some folks like, oh, it's, it's convenient. It's more than just that convenience. There's more to it. It's, you know, I, I, the joke that I use is that if you, sh- if you wake up late and you live on campus, you're just going to show up to class late. But if you wake up late and you live off campus, you're going to miss that class. But in convenience, it's, you know, we talk about these resources that housing provides. It's having access to those things that makes it convenient. Not having to worry about parking on a campus, that parking is, is challenging. But also just, you know, getting, like, being involved. There's opportunities within housing to be involved, whether it's RHA. You know, we think about, like, we've got the escape room in, in Cobb, which I think was a guest on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but access to stuff like that and convenience, like, hey, that's kind of a unique aspect that housing has a unique connection there. But just the convenience, like, you know, if you want to be involved and be a student leader, like, in college, you're going to have meetings at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night because that's when everybody's schedules align. So being able to just go back to your room at night is much easier than if you lived off campus. Or, you know, think about going to the Dean Dome and watching them beat Duke, thankfully, and then marching up to Franklin Street with your friends or marching back to your building and just being around the, you know, the energy that comes with that. You know, one of the things I think people get really stuck on, though, when they're thinking about housing is, oh, I have to live in this building. Or I'm a first year student, I have to live on South Campus. Well, I would challenge that thought process a little bit in that, you know, what your living environment is, is what you make of it. So, you know, if you're in Hinton James, you have a great opportunity to meet a lot of students because almost, a, you know, just under a quarter of our first year students are going to live there. If you're like, oh, I want North Campus, but I don't want to be away from all the first years. Well, we have six buildings on North Campus that house first years. Cobb is a 380 bed facility that's all first year students with the exception of a couple RAs and things like that. You know, don't tie so much of like, oh, my experience is not gonna be what I want it to be because I didn't get the building that I wanted. It's about who you meet in those buildings. You know, we've got buildings that have different offerings for different students. Like here we're sitting in Craig, which is similar to Erringhouse and Hinton James. But we've also got, and I'm speaking more for first-year students right now, and we've got more of the suite style arrangement in the um, Corey and Horton, and then you've got your corridor style on North Campus. But I would say don't get so tied up on a specific building, like focus who you're with. I hear from a lot of families that's like, oh, well, they only live on campus their first year. I'd also challenge that narrative. About 60% of our second-year students live on campus as well. So, you know, we see a lot of two and two, two on, two off. And that's what I would encourage students to do. Like at some point you want to make that transition. And yes, I'm saying, hey, live with us, but then move off. So I think there's a lot of value in kind of that year one, year two experience to get acclimated to the campus, know what it's like, figure out what the off-campus housing looks like, but also still continue to make those connections in a, in a year two setting. You know, that's the name of this podcast, right? Campus Connection. That's what we're all about. And I think that's what you hit on there, Stephen, is that when you're living on campus, it's what unlocks all of these different resources, opportunities. It really ties you into this community. It ties you into meeting people where, you know, maybe you're on your own for the first time. Maybe you're, you know, from a different state, a different country, and you're meeting people and saying, you know what, we're going to navigate this together, you know, and I think that's a really special and cool thing. What you said reminds me of a conversation we had with Samantha, one of our marketing interns, because she, I don't think she got her first or second housing choice uh, preference. And she was at first kind of concerned and distraught about it. And now she's saying like her suite is her core group of friends. She could not imagine ever not being with her girls in her building that she's in and that she's really happy how things worked out, even though at first she was very concerned. So I think it's great that you point out 
you can be happy almost anywhere on campus as long as you make those connections and you're open to meeting people and having these great experiences. But as you embark on this new role, I would love to hear your vision for where you want to take us, the marketing department, and Carolina Housing as a whole and what new ideas you have for these coming years. Yeah, so this was a question that came up in the interview process. I don't have a vision for what the next six months looks like. Um, for me, it's just building the connection with the folks that I'll now be supervising in a different capacity than I've had previously. So, you know, I've spent nine and a half, almost 10 years as the assistant director for assignments. So I've overseen assignments at Carolina, whether it's the housing contracting, room selection, all of those different aspects of that. And then there are other things that I've done in addition to that, like supporting the move-in scheduling process. So like that is fairly new. That's something that we we drove from there. And I've supported staff and I've tried to stay connected and have a good idea of you know what everyone does. In my past role, I worked very closely with marketing because I have a lot of the information about the process for the story that you're trying to tell. So that's where our interaction was. But moving forward, I, you know, I want to get in there and get to know how I can continue to support the people that are leading those units because we have great staff you know that are leading our marketing team and our conference services team and our package center team I'm not including assignments because I got to fill that position now but um, you know just supporting them and the work that they do you know um, we think about our package center Joanna has has been in that space for over 10 years so um, she knows it and she's amazing at it so for really just how can I continue to support their operation um, you know, we're in the throes of the conference season right now with summer coming up, so continue to support Josh as he's navigating that space. It is a busy time for assignments because the month of May is when we do a lot with our first incoming first year students, so still supporting Jordan, who is only a one-person team now in the assignment space. And then you all in marketing is just, one, sitting back and enjoying the process of you telling the story um, and connecting students to that experience, um, and then how I can continue to support that because I think... Um, you all have some amazing ideas, so I want to kind of see what that looks like um, and get to know kind of how I play a role in that, whether it's not, I think a lot of it would just be my experience here at Carolina and kind of talking about what I've seen over the years and, you know, questions around like, oh, what building should a student choose, like how I would help provide guidance in that process. So I think that's really where my role will be. And then, um, so the bigger picture is part of the leadership team here at Carolina is just how do we continue to align ourselves with our mission and values and then moving forward like how do we continue to grow the department how do we align ourselves to to meet our goals with our strategic plan and what where we align with that within the university um, so i think that's the biggest thing i mean we've got some relationships with different campus partners that i'll be a part of um, so i'm excited for the opportunity and the challenges that are going to come with it I think I've got a lot of experience that I can lend to that, but you know, some of it in the beginning is just kind of sitting back and seeing where, where I can help and not getting in the way of others that are doing great things. You mentioned, Stephen, the strategic plan, and, and I know that that is Ashley Gray's work that she does, which is really incredible. I mean, it's tr it, the, the level of depth that that goes to. Just for our listeners, I want to just kind of touch on that for a minute, because really the, the idea is that we are listening 24-7 to the Carolina housing community, to our students, parents, families. We take that feedback. We really apply a tremendous amount of research and data and then develop roadmaps that could be six months, a year, five, 10, 15 years out into the future to really make and, and harmonize Carolina housing to what our student residents want, right? Can you just talk about kind of what that looks like for the future and just kind of give us an overview of what that strategic plan is all about a little bit? 
so Ashley does a lot of assessment for us and to really kind of hear what the students, what, what they're seeing as, a, as somebody that lives in that space. So we're not missing out on their voice because it is so important. You know, we think we're an 8,200 bed operation for undergraduate students, and then we have close to 600 beds for our graduate population families. How do we take the information that, that so many different voices can provide and align that with where we want to go as a department while also when you think about a strategic plan that has to do with what the university's master plan is, is like where does it look at 5, 10, and 15 years? You know, we had some goals that we had set out and things that we wanted to do and then COVID happened and there's a bit of a refocus now because I think student demand has shifted a little bit, you know, what students want. And the challenge that you have with some of that is how do you project what student demand is going to look like in five, ten years? Because when you're thinking about, hey, we want to build a new building or we want to, you know, we want to redo this building, those aren't like, hey, like your house, like I can have a contractor come in and two months later this project starts. You know, it might be five to ten years of planning to say, hey, if we want to take this building offline and tear it down and do a new one or to do a total rehabilitation of that building, like there's a lot of steps that go into that. You've got to get architects in to draw and design what that space is going to look like and then we think about how do we make buildings accessible on our campus that are not already accessible you know we also are this is not something i think a lot of folks consider but we're an auxiliary so what does that look like well that means that any funding that we have to operate we have to generate through beds so we don't receive any funding from the state we don't receive any you know any of your tuition or taxes from the state anything like that so it's all self-funded so what we have to think about, like, we don't want to just raise our rates to then create this fund of money to do these projects. We want to find balance and how do we maintain our buildings. And some of our buildings are older, so you've got to think about what your capital improvements look like and also deferred maintenance. How do we maintain the space that we have while also trying to move towards the future and provide the best thing that we can for our students? So part of that kind of big picture conversation is what the leadership team will do and just kind of seeing, hey, what are our needs now? You know. We also have to think too, like if you take a building down, like for example, this year, we've had a higher number of returning students than we've had in a long time. And if the incoming first year class comes in larger, those two pieces are gonna have some conflict, if you will, that we've gotta have enough beds for everyone. So if that trends in that direction, and we say, hey, look, we wanna take a building off to do a renovation project, well, we've gotta absorb that loss in beds. So, you know, a good example recently is a couple years ago, Joiner Hall, we took that building down starting in January. So we moved the residents out for the spring term so that we gave ourselves a couple more months to do small project there. I think the bathroom spas there are amazing. And then we went with a central AC system instead of the window unit. So I hope that answers your question a little bit. No, I think that's a great look under the hood of what goes on that a lot of people don't have the perspective and context for because it is such a complex process and it's such a jigsaw puzzle or juggling act, you know, and I'm so impressed with what you and Jordan, how you guys manage all of that. The logistics just blow my mind. So in your time in your past role now, mm-hmm. congrats on your first day. You. Um, what are you most proud of? I think uh, there's an example recently of something that happened and this is not really tied to my role specifically, but I had a student that um, that came into our office and they were they were thinking of withdrawing they were a non-traditional student they were like i have a job and a career already and i'm doing well and they were going to withdraw from the university and when canceling their housing look like and we sat and talked for like 45 minutes and this was just before the start of covid about three months ago now they stopped by the office just to say thanks because through our conversation and kind of what that looked like 
they decided to stick through it. They're about to graduate this semester, so I'm super excited for them. I think it's interactions like that when you, you can, within your role, have an impact on someone in a positive way that helps them get to an ultimate goal is awesome. So I'd say that's probably one of the more of my proudest moments. I think another is just the ability to get everyone that's wanted housing so far the past few years and like projecting out what that looks like. Because we've had a couple years where it's like, oh, we're kind of close and just projecting enough through our cancellation models and, and to kind of see where we are to say, hey, we can provide you with housing. Now, the past two years, we've had to turn students away at Beatty Hill, which is a good thing in that we're filling our beds. But the unfortunate part is that means you've got graduate students who wanted to live on campus that we just don't have the space for. So, you know, there are times like that that are the more challenging when you can't, you know, support a student that wants to live on campus. Professionally, for me, getting through COVID was a challenging time. Um, and it's one that's rewarding in that I made it through it. You know, I take a lot of pride in our assignments team at Carolina that we are a two-person operation, which sounds crazy because if you look at a lot of our peers, they may have five or six staff that do the same work that are me and, you know, at the time, Jordan. So I take a lot of pride in that, that we have a process that we've created that works so well and efficiently that we can do that. Challenging part now that I'm leaving that role is, you know, more of that's going to fall on Jordan. So when there is an absence, it's a lot more work for one person. But I think professionally, like seeing how well that space is run in that group and being a part of that for so long and then the impact that that's had on Carolina. So thanks again, Stephen, for just walking us through your journey, your time here with Carolina Housing. I certainly really enjoyed hearing about a lot of the history and your insights into where we're going. It's exciting. And Riley and I both, we want to maximize your time with us for our listeners and talk about, you know, a lot of the, the topical stuff that's on the horizon, right? So we're, you know, just wrapped up the semester. We're heading in the summer. Can you talk about what are some, you know, important dates? What are some important events and things going on coming up here in these next few weeks and months? that our listeners should know about? So if you're currently living on campus, the halls will close Wednesday, May 10th at 1 p.m. There's some exceptions to that. So if you're a graduating senior, you can stay till Sunday at 6 p.m. If you're going to be living with us for either May Mester or Summer 1, you can stay in your current assignment until Tuesday uh, when you can move into your, so Tuesday, May 16th, when you can move into your summer assignment if you're moving. For our incoming first year students, today's an exciting day. So we're doing this May 1. Um, Today is your deadline to confirm that you want to come to Carolina. And then your housing application deadline is May 15th. So that's a priority deadline. And what we mean by that is everyone who gets it in by that date will be in our first round of assignments. If you apply after that, you're, you're okay to do so. It's just you won't be part of that first batch. So it may be harder to get your preferred space or it might be harder to match up with a preferred roommate. For incoming first-year students, you know, those assignments typically come out the first week of June. So, you know, Please don't call our office wanting to know if their assignment's coming out before then because we have a very short window of time to get those assignments done. I encourage you that if you want to make changes to your application or anything, you get those in by May 15th because we will start the next day making assignments. Uh, It's a big process to get about 3,600 students assigned. Our incoming exchange and transfer students, go ahead and apply as quickly as you can because you know, we want to make sure we can get everybody housed, but uh, the later that process goes, if we ha- if we don't get the cancellations that we anticipate, we may not be able to house everyone. Um, that is something that we're monitoring and that we're going to provide communication if we get to that point in a very timely manner. I don't want to cause any, like, chaos. You know, we, uh, we're we going to start running those numbers here the next, you know, within the next week now that the admissions deadline, because that'll help give us a clearer picture about what our first-year numbers look like. You know, other than that, just get excited for the fall. 
move-in is the 16th through the 20th. We will schedule move-in appointments starting in June. So, you know, get excited for that. If you need to cancel your housing for whatever reason, go ahead and take care of that. I know we've got students that are going to study abroad that they're finalizing those plans. Don't forget to cancel so you don't get a bill on your account. You know, other than that, I think that kind of covers some of the topical stuff that's going on. If anyone ever has a question, we take a lot of pride in the fact that if you call our office, you get a person and not a automated thing. So give us a call, send us an email, and be happy to answer for you. Yes, I, from down the hall, hear you guys answering the phone all the time and students coming in, and Jordan is always so nice and so helpful. I've heard such great things about people's interaction with her. I think the student staff elected her... The Cornerstone um, Award. Is it the Cornerstone Award? I that's, yes. Yeah, I, I'm so glad that she received the Cornerstone Award. Mm-hmm. She definitely deserved it. What you two have done in assignments have been awesome. And I'm glad to see you still have a little bit of that assignments energy in you. The, you know, Get your priority deadline, get all that settled. So I have a fun question for you. Okay. Hopefully it's not like picking a favorite child and you can give me a real answer. If you were an incoming freshman, mm-hmm. Where would you want to live on campus? Oh, so you want me to commit to something? So I won't give you a building, and that's what I tell every family member that calls or student. What I would tell you is that you need to weigh your options and think about what you think you value most. So when somebody asks, like, oh, what building should I pick? I I won't give them an answer. I'll say, "I, I want you to consider a few things. I want you to consider North versus South Campus because there's a different experience. Like maybe you just want the smaller kind of community feel of Lower Quad and Cobb and you don't want to be on the hustle and bustle of South Campus, or you just don't want to have to walk to South Campus. It's not a bad walk, I do it all the time for lunch, but, um, or if you want the bigger community feel, I would say Hinton James and Craig and Airinghouse. You know, Hinton James is a 950 bed facility, Airinghouse and Craig are around 620 each. So I would say weigh those two things, like North versus South Campus, the style of housing you want. So do you want suite or corridor style and think about what that looks like. I also, you know, some of our students are not used to cleaning up after themselves. As a parent, I can understand some of those challenges, but I would say think about that as well, because if you're thinking about, you know, Horton or Corey, our staff don't clean those bathrooms. And it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you've got four different individuals sharing one bathroom, everybody has their own schedule, but also folks may have like their own different cleaning priorities, like having to have those conversations. If you want to avoid said conversation, go somewhere where our staff clean the bathroom. So I think I take more of a weigh your pros and cons and kind of think about what your personal values are and then decide where you want to go from there. And then you could also look at unique features like Cobb has a piano that students have access to. If you're someone who likes beautiful views like if you can get on an upper floor of Hinton James every time you walk out your room you kind of to see that landscape view which is one of the cool things so I won't commit to a building because I won't when you call I'll say think about what you consider important weigh those preferences and weigh those different things and then rank your preferences from there so our last episode, we had our marketing interns on for our student resident roundtable, and they were talking all about, you know, room customization, the must-have items you got to have in your residence hall, things like that. If we can't get you to commit to a residence hall specifically, how about just how you would set up your room? Are, are you someone that would be lofting the bed? Are you a futon on the floor type of person? Give us some insight into that. I am um, one of the individuals who helps present at orientation. So if if you hear my voice now, you might see my face over the summer as an incoming, for, or your parents will. I tell students, don't bring too much stuff. 
um, is one of the things I'll start with that is it is amazes me how many moving trucks we have here during move-in. The, the advice that I give is uh, if you live locally, maybe bring the things that you need. You know, do you need to bring all of your winter clothes? Like if your family lives 30 minutes from campus, there's a good chance you plan on seeing them again. So one, save yourself the hassle at move-in and don't bring everything that you think you're going to need. Maybe make some trips. And then I, I say that because this is part of my spiel at uh, orientation is, so we have about a quarter of a million packages that come through our package centers a year, an academic year. That's all student stuff. So for the parents, this is for you, is start thinking about taking some of these things home because what you'll find is, is that you always give them stuff when they come to see you and then they have all that stuff that you moved in. Well, at some point you gotta take it all home and they're only here for about nine months. So think about what that looks like. As far as setting up the room, I think lofting the bed gives you the most best utilization of the space. Like if you don't like the heights, then don't worry about that. But even if you just put a futon or a chair, you know, I'm, I'm 6'1", so I might not wanna try and use it as a space to sit under there. But it's good storage, like you can put some storage shelving or some totes and all that stuff. I'm more of a snack person than I was amenities or decorations. So I would care more about like how my snacks are situated than I am what posters I have on the wall. So I've now been in the field for you know close to 15 years and seeing how much room decorations have evolved in the last five to 10 years has been really impressive. Like. I've seen so many rooms that, you know, it's kind of like the MTV Cribs. I might be dating myself with that reference. But seeing how they've, like, decorated their rooms, and they're really proud to show them spaces off, which I think is awesome. You know, but seeing all the headboards and, you know, different, you know, with the 3M hooks and, like, all the stuff that they put up on walls, I caution you to that a little bit. Make sure you're you're reading the community living standards. You're not making any violations. But, um, you know, make the space your own because it... it I think one of the things that is challenging is you look at stock photos of what rooms look like. And when you first walk in, these rooms are bare, it's just the furniture. So look past that a little bit, see how you can make it your own. I'm gonna put a plug in for marketing and some of the stuff that y'all do. And you know, we've got a lot of pictures of students' rooms on like our Facebook page and stuff like that. I think it's a great opportunity to go and look at what students are doing with their rooms, not just what we could do with the room. Well, speaking of welcome to my crib and student rooms, I don't think you dated yourself too hard. It is still relevant because our marketing interns have made a welcome to my crib video series where they do the welcome to my crib style show okay. with their rooms and they're excellent videos. They're so funny and they're so informative. I think as an incoming first year, I would have loved to see something like that, just how people have their rooms set up. And I think you make a great point about not overpacking and just waiting till you get here and see what you really need because I mean I was so excited to shop for things and get everything for my residence hall when I was going to college and then I, I luckily held off it was really hard I did and then I got there and I was like I didn't need half of the things that I had on my wish list on my Amazon cart or whatever so I think that's definitely great advice for students but yeah this is our plug for the welcome to my crib video series made by our excellent marketing interns Kylie and Haley if you haven't seen it go check it out on our Instagram and we'll probably put it up on our YouTube so one other thing we want to touch on, Stephen, that I, I think is really relevant and so helpful for our students uh, listening, move in. Talk about that process. Talk about best practices, tips, helpful guidance on the move-in process when we start looking into uh, fall semester especially, right? Talk about that. What, what are some things we should know about the move-in process? The one thing I'll say with move-in is, is be patient, um, drink lots of water, stay hydrated, have some comfy shoes. Um, and have a plan. Uh, I think 
So one of the things with moving is there's lots of emotion tied into it, and that's great. Your ex- like family members are excited that they're moving their students in, and if they're a first year student, it's their first time, especially if it's a first time in college student, like a first gen. Um, that's a new experience for everyone involved, and there's so many people. Unfortunately, though, it happens in the middle of August when it's very warm outside. You know, we we have some buildings that don't have elevators, so consider what that impact might look like. But just be patient, be organized, like think about how you wanna get the stuff from your vehicle up to your room. Um, Cause when you arrive, so what you'll do is you'll schedule a move-in appointment and that move-in appointment's a 90 minute window that you need to show up. Once you show up, there'll be parking attendants that are directing you where to go and there's unloading zones and you can pull up to your unloading zone, you unload your vehicle and then they have to move the vehicle to a designated parking spot. And from there, you just start moving your stuff up to your room. and. Be prepared that you need to take the things that you brought. So if you wanna bring too much, you're gonna have to do some physical labor, but enjoy the process. You know, it's it's a joyful time. Like be patient with one another, coordinate with your roommate when they're coming. I hear from families all the time that, oh, my child can't get up with their roommate. You know, they might be traveling or whatever that might look like, but coordinate is, do you need to bring two rugs? No, some students really want to have this kind of theme with everybody has the same bedding and the same color scheme. And, you know, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But don't expect that necessarily the other person wants to do that as well. So don't hold that against them. Be courteous of one another because it is both of your spaces. So I'd say with move-in is schedule a move-in time that works for you. You know, if you're traveling a longer distance, like think about what that looks like. We're going to be flexible. We just want to try and control the flow of traffic. Um, Bring the things that you need. Be patient, be dressed comfortably, you know, have family members that can help you. Uh, we don't have staff to help you move your stuff in and out, so please take take that into consideration. May, that might impact your decision on whether or not you rent or purchase a fridge through RHA. You know, think about that as an option if you just don't have the means to try and get a fridge up there. And, but enjoy the process. It, it's a, an experience for all parents. Once you check in, you can let your student go. I know some are excited. It's like, hey, it's, it's your time to shine. Some are like, oh, let's come back and see you and stuff like that. But once they pick up their keys, they're on their own as far as we're concerned. So our staff will be in there and, and they'll be you know, welcoming them with open arms. But sometimes some parents have a harder time with that, that piece than others. So enjoy the process. You know, Just remember that it's you're moving in August. So think about what that looks like a little bit. Well, I'm glad you brought up the elevators because I've photographed some move-in events. I've kind of seen it in action. And would you agree about the statement that even if you have an elevator in your residence hall, don't consider yourself like, oh, easy peasy. I'm just going to ride it up and drop everything off because every time I've walked through Hinton James during move-in, the line for the elevator has been insane. It's been so long. Um, So I would say don't bet on being able to take the elevator or just acknowledge that you'll have to be patient about it. Would you agree agree with that statement? Yes. of course. Um, Hinton James is a big building. There's only three elevators there. And the way they try to operate the elevator is they can go up and then you walk down just to try and keep flow, if you will. You know, I think we've helped a little bit with our move-in scheduling process now. So what we try to do is spread move-in out equally across Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the half day on Sunday um, before convocation. So by spreading that out a little bit, I think we've helped with some of the demand, if you will. Um, but it's not just those that are moving in. It's those that have, I've moved in and now my family's still here and we're making a target run because we're 
buying all the miscellaneous stuff that we didn't purchase originally. So if you have an elevator, don't necessarily consider that it's there. And some, like if you're on the lower floors, they may just say, hey, I'm going to the stairwell. I'm skipping the line. We're just getting through this. So think about how you're packing those things up. Maybe having some tubs is easier. Um, we do want folks to recycle it, move in. So there will be, you know, we'll have specific containers that they can recycle their plastic ware, their cardboard, styrofoam, waste recycling does a great job um, on campus at move in because we do have a lot of waste that comes with that process. So. Well, and I'm always plugging something. So for anybody listening, I would consider this the audiobook version of our moving guide. But if anybody has any more specific questions or concerns, I definitely recommend checking out our digital move-in guide on our website. You can find it in the future residence menu section. And your question will most likely be answered there. But if you have further questions, you could call us and the lovely Jordan Katie will pick up the phone and she will help you so much. The recently award-winning Jordan Katie, yes. we, should, yes. we should emphasize. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, we really appreciate your time. I know that this information that we covered today will be such a great resource, will be so helpful. And we're excited for your leadership as you embark on this new role with us. And uh, we, we can't wait to see what's in store. So thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast.